0: Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Drinks Break podcast with me, Charlie, and my co-host Mark. Thanks for joining us once again, Mark.
1: Yeah, Pleasure to be here, as
0: always. Yep, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, Today we'll be talking about the weekend review from the opening day of the Premier League season, the Championship, League 1 and League 2, and also previewing for the weekend's games ahead. And excitingly, we can talk about the transfer rumours that have come up, with the impending transfer of Gareth Bale, which is sure going to be a good subject to talk about, Mark.
1: Definitely, yeah. Plenty to talk about this week. It's good to have football back, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah. So let's get into it. How would you sum up the opening day in the seasons that have started already?
1: I think it's been an encouraging start, you know. obviously a lot of worries regarding not having the fans there and completely understand that, you know. I, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to to settle in and get used to the fact that it's back and it's not going to have fans or a limited number of fans, of course, with some of the news that's broken out over the last couple of days. So it's going to be interesting. But um, no, I think I think the leagues have, have started off successfully. Um, no real issues to report and a lot of uh, tasty affairs, I would say. Some interesting games that we're going to talk about over the course of this podcast.
0: Yeah, sure. There were some interesting results, many goals scored. And... Obviously it's nice to hear, as we were saying just briefly before the podcast started, um, ten clubs have been um selected. Selected, that's the word. <laughs> for the weekends games to have a thousand people in the new behind the closed doors with a thousand people. So Mark, obviously Charlton are one of the clubs that have been chosen. Is this a step in the right direction?
1: Yeah, of course it is, yeah. You know, it was going to have to happen eventually. Um, I think a lot of us sort of anticipated it. It was originally mentioned weeks ago, wasn't it, that that, that that was going to be the intention with the the hope of, come October, we were going to have sort of the, the third of, uh, of uh, whatever the stadiums could hold, the capacity, that was going to be the plan. Whether that actually happens come October remains to be seen. But yeah, certainly having a weekend where you're going to have uh, some fans in some of the games, like you say, Cholton is one of them. Um, I think we've got Bournemouth, Luton, and Norwich in the Championship. Am I correct in saying I that? Think I think those are the three. Those yeah. Are the three. and then there's and then there's a few others in League One, and a couple in League Two as well, which is is fantastic news. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Hopefully, I I get to see Cholton. I'm not holding out too much hope, but if we do, then obviously it's great for those fans just to get back into that zone of getting to see their team every Saturday.
0: Absolutely. It's been a very long time since we had fans back in stadiums. Far too long. You know, hopefully this whole pilot system goes right at the weekend and obviously the weeks build on, we might be able to get more fans back and back in the stadium. But obviously with government restrictions again, who knows Mm. what's going to happen. Exactly. So obviously, we aren't going to be biased towards the Premier League. We are quite open on leagues. So, who impressed you at the weekend, Mark? Obviously, we're in the top four leagues, but who impressed
1: um, you? I think, despite the fact that they lost, I think Leeds quietly actually impressed a number of fans. I uh, was probably talking about the, the main game of the weekend, or the star game, because of its scoreline. And, and obviously, a lot of people had that expectation of Liverpool versus Leeds could be a marquee game because of their history and, and the Bielsa versus Klopp being an interesting dynamic in the Premier League. I was very much on the other side of it, thinking that it's a it's obviously the Premier League champions versus a newly promoted side and thinking that it could have still ended up being a one way affair. But I was pleasantly surprised with, with what I saw and, and how competitive leads did make it and the fact that they, you know, three times or four times in the end, but three times they came from behind during that game. And and not with, you know, scrappy goals. There were some really well-taken finishes and was some nice build-up play for those goals. Um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by by Leeds and I can understand why a lot of people, even before that first game, were touting them, obviously, to potentially be the side that survives out of those newly promoted teams. But yeah, they
0: impressed me, definitely. I mean, to go to Anfield and score three goals and not mm. earn victory, I think, is... It's quite a monumental um, stat there, isn't it? Yeah, I can't think of many
1: teams that would have gone to Anfield over the last couple of years, really, and, and scored three goals and certainly still you know, not come away with anything. They must uh, obviously be gutted with that scenario and it's really two penalties over the course of the game that's that's cost them uh, at least a, a draw and it's a real shame for them. But but I think that the, the team and the fans will certainly take a lot of positive uh Feedback and a lot of positive belief from, from their performance there going into next weekend that I think they're at home to, to Fulham, another you know newly promoted side where they should be thinking that they could start the season off right there with, with three points.
0: If you look at it as well, in their starting lineup they only had two new signings which mm. was the goalkeeper, Meslier, who was there from last season and also the new signing, Cock. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm. Um, and you've only got to look at it. They had a weakened defence. The captain, Liam Cooper, was out. So they had a a makeshift defence with the youngster Patrick Stroit coming in, who didn't have a bad game. No. And obviously, Koch made his debut. So, looking at the lineup, the fact that they only had realistically one new signing in the team and still saw three goals at Anfield and gave the game to Liverpool, I think yeah. is, a, is a monumental effect. And I, I think you've got to hand it to Bielsa. They were fantastic.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, they, they looked controlled in possession, they've got the tackles in, they scored goals. And, you know, I've said previously, I've never rated Patrick Banford as a striker, but he's gone to Anfield and got a good goal.
1: Yeah, he's held his own, yeah. He's capitalised on that Van Dijk mistake there and, and, and scored a good goal. But the fact that that is obviously still a very much championship side, you know, eight, eight of those starting 11 have never played any minutes in the Premier League, which is a fascinating stat, really, because, you know, I imagine a number of other teams that come up have got premier league experience in their size. So for eight of those players to have never played a premier league minute before there, before that game and they still come away with you know a very confident performance and and unfortunate not to take a result. You know that's that's a good step for them and and you wonder where what lead, what Liverpool will be thinking after that that game that they've they've been run rough shot a little bit but they you know they looked shaky in that game. So I wonder where their heads are at.
0: Yeah, one of the questions I've got down what I was gonna talk about later, but we'll talk about it now, is obviously the big game of this weekend, which we're gonna preview, and obviously Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool side travel to London to face Chelsea. Now, that's gonna be the game of the weekend again, we expect. Mm. But obviously, with Liverpool shaky defence Chelsea got a big chance, haven't they? Especially after that three-one victory the other day against Brighton.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, they didn't look uh, entirely convincing in that game against Brighton. In my opinion, that wasn't the strongest or the best that I've ever seen Chelsea They'll play. play better for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, and that may just be a case of some of those new signings taking a bit of time to to gel and settle going forward. And I think, you know, they had solid. But they 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 played well. Werner you know, did a good put himself a well. put, put in a good shift, you know. So, but I think. This will be a test for them to see where they're at and if they've if they've got room to improve. You know, we know they have room to improve, but can they do it when it comes to a big team like Liverpool and, and you know, I think yeah, just that shakiness of Liverpool may give Chelsea that little bit of confidence to think, well if Leeds can go and score three goals against Liverpool, what can what can we potentially go and do against this defence? Who knows?
0: I thought Chelsea were very good myself personally. Mm. I think, yeah, there's room for improvement. Very silly goals to give away, but I've spoken about Kepper in the past and how they should replace him, and it looks like they might replace him. But I think, obviously, Liverpool conceding three goals is out of the ordinary, especially is, for the last yeah. couple of seasons. And I think, obviously, Chelsea had Werner up front, very lively. You know, we had Hudson odoi came on, Havertz didn't really play well. Mm. But, obviously, he's going to leave time to adapt. And you forget that Ziyech didn't play. And yeah. probably he'll be in the starting lineup, maybe. Or on the bench, at least, this week. And so, Chelsea, against that Liverpool defence, looked a bit shaky. It's going to be a good thing to happen, I think. Yeah. You, you
1: wonder, you know, if depending on, obviously, what the result is, you know, we can't speculate as to what the result's going to be um, come Saturday between Chelsea and Liverpool. But if Liverpool continue to look shaky over these next couple of games, surely people are going to start questioning... You know liverpool haven 't done any business in terms of actually strengthening their squad. People might start to question well why didn 't they strengthen their squad when you look at what chelsea have done and and if Chelsea are to put in a, a good performance and potentially get a result? People might question well you know should Liverpool have actually look to strengthen in this window? Just the one left back they've signed so far really exactly he 's not Yeah, and he 's not even going to be the first choice is he because because of robertson
0: they 've been linked with thiago a lot this summer mm. obviously with Alden possibly leaving but um you know it looks like he could be on his way to Man United so
1: and that would know, be a big miss yeah if they miss out on him and he goes to Man United that's that's a a real hammer blow to them I think because they could have really done with that little bit of improvement in the midfield I think
0: we'll talk about obviously Liverpool being defensively a bit worrying obviously in the first game but going forward the performance from Mohamed Salah was certainly up there again and he's clearly going to be in for a good season again
1: you'd like to think so yeah so many people that I speak to think that he's coming towards the end of his time of being a star player at Liverpool and I, I highly disagree
0: yeah I disagree as well I don't know why
1: people seem to think this you know his statistics and actual goal scoring form in the Premier League is phenomenal I was looking at something that said he's done a better job than Cristiano Ronaldo in Cristiano Ronaldo's like three prime years at Manchester United his actual stats compared, Salah was the better player, and I just think, you know, you've seen what him, Mane, Firmino as a front three, do, and it's been so impactful and show, and it's really helped to get Liverpool to where they are today now as as Premier League champions. I can't see it not continuing. Okay, he's you know Salah scored two penalties, but he still got to earn those penalties, and he's still got to take them, and he took them with such confidence. And his third goal was a. A wonderful finish, in my opinion. He's got that right in the top corner, away from the the Leeds keeper. So, yeah, I, you know, he's still one of the stars of the Premier League, and I think he'll continue to be for the season. Score prediction for Sunday. Oh, um, I think again there's going to be goals. I think that Chelsea potentially could come away with a, a point. I'm going to go just to the, a point. Just, I'm going to say just a point at this moment. I'm going to go two two.
0: I was thinking that, but I think I'm going to go for Chelsea 2-1.
1: Really? Yeah, I I just
0: fancy Chelsea at home. And obviously, Liverpool's defence is a bit shaky. Mm. And I expect Vernon to get his first goal this this season. Okay, so we spoke about the impressive performance at the weekend. And obviously, we spoke about the big game on Sunday. Now, which team sort of impressed you that you didn't expect? You're like a surprise package of the weekend. Yeah,
1: I think... Newcastle probably stood out as the team that, that impressed. Uh, I know that obviously a lot of people have their doubts about West Ham and what they're going to do this season, you being Me one included, of them in yeah. particular, <laughs> you know, and, and a couple of other people I've spoken to really have low hopes for West Ham. But, but for Newcastle to go to the London Stadium and get the three points in quite that convincing fashion that they did. They were solid, you know, they were very, very solid. And they've got two players that have gone and scored debut goals there uh, in in Callum Wilson and Jeff Hendrick. And then Ryan Fraser's gone and done the same in in the, the League Cup this weekend as well. That's only going to exude more confidence out of those players as the season now starts to progress. And um, and yeah, I think they, they really did prove that they could uh, certainly step up where they're going to be come the end of this season. It was a good display from Newcastle.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we spoke in a bit in brief last week about obviously Newcastle and their transfer business and you spoke highly of Jeff Hendrick. You mm. did. And he's got an opening day goal and it was a great goal. Yeah. You a lot to it. do. It's it a dead ball and he's put it into the top corner and I think I quite agree with you on Newcastle. They had a very good performance but I think the team I'd like to mention of the weekend about being surprised was Reading.
1: Right, in the Championship.
0: Yeah, under new management. Mm-hmm. You know, they've not really been very good for the last couple of seasons. They've not started well. I mean, last season they were quite low down the pecking order. And I, I didn't predict them to do too well this season. But they had a really great performance against Derby this weekend. You know, it's a Derby team with Wayne Rooney in the side. You know, they spent a fair bit of money. But you I saw the goals. And they were great goals. Ovi Ejaria, great new signing for Liverpool. You know... I don't expect them to be up there, but I think as a surprise package and performance, it's got to be Reading for me.
1: Yeah, they can take that confidence, I think, you know, and it, it, was, it was, I'm just looking now, it was, it was two goals late in that first half. And I think any team, if you get two goals, obviously in that quick succession like they did, you're going to punish and really dent the confidence of your opposition. And I think that's, that was probably key to, to them holding, holding out for the rest of the game and, and just maintaining the, the results. So yeah, yeah, I still I'm still sort of dubious as to where they're going to be coming in the season. But like you say, it's it's a good display, and um and and credit where it's due. You know, it's, uh, they will uh, they might they might now cause a few surprises in that championship for the for the remainder of the season. Another one I think just from the championship was the early kickoff, Birmingham against Brentford. Absolutely, yeah. Birmingham getting that three points. You know, Brentford looking very shaky and and uncertain, and that's maybe to be expected of any side that's come you know, so close to reaching the Premier League and had their confidence dented from losing that playoff final in the manner that they did as well, you know. So, yeah, Birmingham uh, was another side that I didn't predict to do great. You didn't either. So for them to get a, a good win and keep a clean sheet against in, the difficult Brentford in side...
0: And Artic first game in charge, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a really positive display. So,
0: yeah, a couple of surprises from the Championship for sure. Now, I want to talk about Tottenham quite in depth here. I think it's a subject that, you know, has been in the media a lot the last couple of days and spoken about on every news outlet, every sports channel. Because it seems that there's a bit of disarray at Tottenham at the moment. You know, their performance against Everton was poor. Mm. And I think they failed to impress a lot of people. The manager himself even come out on telling said they were lazy as a team. Now, there's certainly a few problems at Tottenham. Do you think it's the management or it comes down to the players ultimately?
1: I think ultimately it it has to come down to the manager, I think it's his responsibility to get the best out of his players and yeah to to be called lazy by your own gaffer is that's never a good never a good sign for for the remainder of the season. I watched a lot of that game, I didn't see the entirety of the game against Everton, but they did really look lacklustre and devoid of ideas when it came to. Sort of getting into the final third, um, yeah, not taking any way, anything away from Everton because I thought they were very commanding Fantastic. in possession and played very very well. It's a great away performance from them, but yeah, for Tottenham to to have that home game, start the season, you think it should be a confidence booster and and should get the the momentum going. They've let themselves down and and like you say, there's a, there's a lot going on at that club at the moment. I don't think they've helped themselves with with things like the documentary and their transfer business that they've done. It all sort of piles up onto one another, and, uh, and it, it's going to make things worrying as time goes on.
0: The documentary, I uh, myself, I think it's personally a good thing. You know, it's good to see the insights of football clubs, but obviously, there's been a lot of reports about Deli Ali possibly leaving, and that bounds down to obviously the Amazon documentary where Mourinho said he's very lazy in training, mm. but obviously very good in games. Now, that in itself doesn't fill Ali with much confidence, I don't no. think. It's not, it's not nice you know and I think obviously where he's labelled the team lazy is he directing it directly at Ali or the whole team but um, I think personally I watched bits of the game on Sunday and they just didn't look like a Tottenham team did they no
1: definitely not you know and I,
0: I've I've said from day one that they've not invested well hmm. don't get me wrong Dockett had a good game but I didn't think Hoyberg played very well. No, I still think please. they need that attacking outlet, which brings me on to my transfer targets. Obviously, which we're going to speak about later, but I don't think we can not talk about it. Is the possible transfer of Gareth Bale? Mm. What's your thoughts?
1: It would be. I think that is. It would be a huge deal. You know, I think there is still a top quality player there in Gareth Bale. There's no denying that. You know, the ability that he showed at Tottenham was fantastic in his younger years and, and he took that to Real Madrid to begin with and uh, and showed why he was such a star and why he was worth as much as, as he was back then and obviously things haven't gone according to plan over the last couple of years and he's been sat on the sidelines earning a lot of money for not, not yeah. doing a lot 600,000 know, yeah, pounds reported you know, yeah, so not doing a lot in terms of actual game time um, and I think a move back to England would benefit him, and obviously for a, you know, it's been Man- Manchester United for a number of years have been the side that were always linked with him, but a move to Tottenham, even if it is on loan, would be a step in the right direction. It might be the signing that Tottenham need, like you say, for forward thinking. You know, having him and Harry Kane in that starting eleven could potentially make the difference and provide those outlets for goals that they desperately crave because there was no signs of it. No signs of it on Saturday, on uh, on Sunday, sorry, for sure.
0: Now, I quite like to be quite unpopular, in my opinions.
1: You're very... Yeah, you're very I can be controversial. quite controversial.
0: But I don't think Gareth Bale will be a very good signing. Right. I just think it's a bit too late now. You know, he's he spent the last three seasons at Real Madrid stuck in a rut. Mm-hmm. And you even have to look at him playing last week or the other week for Wales in the national team. He got taken off at half-time because he just didn't do nothing. And yeah. I think this is a player who is really struggling at the minute. I don't mean just on the ball, but I mean mentally. I think he's not in a good place himself. You know, there was that banner that came out with Wales goal from Real Madrid. I don't think football at the moment is is what he wants. I, I think he's in a bad place myself, personally.
1: I, I, yeah, I, I do agree. But I think that might just partly be down to where he is at in terms of being yeah. at Real Madrid and, and the kind of treatment that maybe he has been given over the last couple of years at that club. It may well be a different set of circumstances if he comes back to a club where he is beloved. I'm sure that Tottenham fans would be very, very happy to see a player of his calibre back, given his history at the club. I don't know personally. I'd have to speak to Tottenham fans on that one. But um, but seeing a player like Gareth Bale come back to the club where he, he re- really made a name for himself, really shone, could make the difference to his career and rejuvenate it just that little bit.
0: Mourinho spoke in the press about how he admired him as a player and how he tried signing the season before Mourinho mm. left Real Madrid. But I, I don't know, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty there at the minute and obviously is not happy with his squad. I don't know, would Gareth Bale fall into that category if he went there as being lazy? Because he seems to be at the minute for me. His The, the potential attitude and the
1: way that it's been uh, shown in the media over the last couple of years would suggest it. So... I'm sure Mourinho is not one. That he, you know, Mourinho is not someone that's afraid to obviously speak his mind clearly, yeah. as as shown in the in the documentary. I like him. And things. I've always have. Yeah, I, uh, it's where I come back to the documentary and think that maybe a little too much has been shown in that, and that's where it's hindered them a little bit. I do understand, obviously, that it's great to see the behind the scenes of a club, but I think there's only so much you can show. There's only so much that should be shown, and that's what has impacted them a little bit. So I think. Yeah, he's he's not afraid to speak his mind. He's done that with Devi Ali. Who, he would do the same with Gareth Bale if that's what he thought about him if he were to join. But it's going to be interesting. it would be interesting to see, obviously, if the move does go through, how it would transpire. You know, Would he be getting straight into that starting 11 immediately?
0: He not might sure. need a bit of fitness work, possibly.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's why he only did the 45 against Wales... Uh, for Wales, sorry, in the first place. So...
0: I think it's a tough one, again, because, you know, the Amazon documentary, I really enjoyed watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm on the fifth episode, so I've really got into it. And, obviously, there's an ongoing thing with Danny Rose and, obviously, Jose Mourinho. Rose is unhappy about his starting place, and Mourinho's basically saying he played poor against Liverpool. So, obviously, it, it's hard when it's like that. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, when that's in the media and, obviously, out there, people are going to have judgments. Yeah, And, obviously you know, people are going to tarnish Mourinho because of what he's done and what he said. But I think the hard thing to look at is this documentary was in creation before Mourinho even arrived. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you watch the first episode, half of it is Mauricio Pochettino. But there's not a lot of Pochettino information there. It's just about how bad the club is doing, obviously, in the Premier League. So obviously, halfway through, Mourinho comes in. So you think, had Mourinho started that season and been approached obviously Daniel Levy the chairman obviously Mourinho would you be interested in doing the Amazon documentary there might have been two words potentially two yeah, words possibly, yeah. you know what those words are yeah. I know what those words are so you know it's hard when it's like that isn't it with mm. documentaries that come out
1: yeah I wonder how much per se uh, the, the coaching staff and the players obviously had on, on being a part of it or you know having it happen because I was listening to uh, it was Danny Murphy talking about it on Talk Sport and he he said that if, if the players had been approached about it back in his day when he was at Tottenham or when he was at Fulham, Liverpool, Cholton, etc., he, he, as a leader, would have said no. He wouldn't have wanted it to happen. No. And you wonder, yeah, how much of a say did those players actually have on that potentially happening? I don't know.
0: I mean, for me, if I was a professional, obviously, at certain clubs, it, it's nice to obviously... As a fan, to get to know your players, get to know behind the scenes, but obviously when stuff like that comes out, and obviously how bad they were desperate to sign players, Mm. and only got Stevie Bergvine, you know, it's not great as a fan to know that sort of thing, is it? And your budgets and stuff. And I think I was watching the episode previously where Christian Eriksen wants to leave, and obviously they sell him just for 20 million euros. Mm. Now it was that sort of thing where they had to sell him or let him go for free in the summer, but obviously. Seeing someone like Christian Eriksen go for £20 million in his good day is very cheap.
1: It's a hammer
0: blow, yeah. It is. So I, I think, you know, the documentary is very up in the air at the moment. I like it myself because I'm a neutral, watching yeah. it as a fan from another team. But, you know, it comes down to it and it's not good for the players, I don't think, in the end. No, not at all. So, um, let's talk about a special talk about is Harrogate Town and their 4-0 victory over South End United in their first game ever in the Football League Mark.
1: yeah gotta give a big a massive shout out to them you know that's a fantastic result I know things have been bleak at South End over the last couple of years but yeah to win 4-0 away from home on your first ever Football League game that's that's a really positive display and whether they'll keep that up for the whole of the season who knows but yeah, yeah it's it's kind of setting the world light and making people stand up and pay a little bit of attention to some of these lower league sides that, that can impress and can cause these sort of surprises. You know, I, I, that was one that I wanted to mention. I was going to say about Swindon in League One as another newly promoted yeah, side that also got result. a very convincing uh, 3-1 win on the day. So, yeah, these teams, you know, especially when they're newly promoted, I think it benefits them because they are coming into it with a lot of confidence from what they've done the previous season you know I think I saw it a little bit with Cholton last season we started the season with such confidence Swindon and Harrogate are doing the same in their respective leagues it does make a big difference and um, and yeah it's about maintaining that over the course of the season can they keep it up 90 minutes a week you know potentially two times a week um, will be different but yeah good on them Um, I saw one of the goal scorers uh, Jack Muldoon he's a name that do you know when you, do you know when you watch Soccer Saturday. Yeah. If you're not, a, if you're not at your team's game, you watch Soccer Saturday, and you might be sort of half on your phone and then half listening, and you hear the names, and you hear when goals go in. I remember Jack Muldoon's name so many times, like I heard him in my ears, but didn't pay much attention to obviously who he played for or where he was scoring the goals for. But he had a really, he had a really good record for Harrogate Town. I and think then he was their
0: top scorer last yeah, year. Yeah,
1: he's got a really good record for them. Actually, like one, just under one in every three games since he's been there. And then he scored twice yesterday. Uh not yesterday, weekend. Sorry, at the weekend. So good on him, you know, and good on the club. And hope I do hope they can keep it up. Yeah, yeah.
0: fingers crossed for him. Let's face it, Southend probably one of the bigger teams in that division mm. as well. Obviously, they've been in a rut for quite a long period now. But obviously, you know. A newly promoted team into the football league. Never played a minute in their lives. Probably half the players have never played a minute in the football league. So you know what? All credit to Harrogate. Um, This is a big punt, but they're going to be my team of the weekend. Team of the weekend? No, I respect that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It would be nice if they... Because obviously they've got their League Cup tie now coming up against uh, West Brom. You wonder if they can keep that up against the big Premier League side. But who knows? Yeah, team of the week for me, definitely.
0: Okay. So we've spoken quite in depth about... Um, obviously the Premier League And a bit about the Championship Now let's head into League 1 Quite a very interesting Ray of results mm-hmm. You know We expect the likes of Portsmouth to win Didn't win Sundham to win Didn't win There was uh, quite a few different teams That had good results Including yourself Charles mm-hmm. So how would you start The first weekend in League 1?
1: Yeah Topsy-turvy Probably the, the, the right word to put it Like you say A lot of the teams That you would have anticipated Starting off the season well, um, especially with the teams that they were playing against. Like you say Portsmouth, they were at home to Shrewsbury. On paper, should be winning that game. Uh, Sunderland were uh, they were against at home to, Bristol uh, home Rovers. to Bristol Rovers again. On paper, should be winning. Only got a point themselves. Um, yeah, it, it it were there were a few surprises and a few teams that caused a, a couple of upsets. Um, Lincoln for me were one side. You know, we mentioned Swindon a moment ago. Lincoln also a, a very convincing performance from them, two 0 at home to Oxford, who we both touted. I think did we both? Have we both got Oxford. I think we both said Six. Oxford would be quite yeah, hard. There as yeah, well, I think yeah. we both said they'd be doing well. So for Lincoln to get a good result like that was um was a really promising display, and I'm sure that they will certainly be thinking that that can hopefully continue. If you're Oxford, you're a bit. Um, uncertain, and and you know you had a red card right at the end of the game as well, so maybe a little bit problematic and a little bit worrying for for them, but yeah, it's it's interesting, and there were there were other teams that we maybe wouldn't have anticipated getting a win on the opening weekend, partly maybe not necessarily even Cholton not necessarily Hull getting a win as well, so yeah, a
0: few surprises. I think one of the results, sorry, the button cool. is the Atkinson victory over Peterborough. Yeah, that's... very big win for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's impacts. Maybe that's down to Peterborough now losing that little bit of belief and momentum in them after Tony's obviously departed. I'm not sure, but uh, but Accrington, you know, team that that you would have had down at the foot of the table. They both did, yeah. Yeah, it look, it's it's obviously still very early to call because it's only in the first weekend of the campaign. But but when you see results like that, it does kind of make you wonder how wrong you may have actually got this league table come come the end of the season. you could
0: think it, mate?
1: It could be, yeah. But no, good on them and, uh, and it'll make it interesting for the foreseeable future.
0: So, let's head into League oh. 2. Now, we're both not big on this league, so mm. any listeners out there, we apologise for our lack of knowledge about the league, but we'll do our best. Um, but if you go through it, you look at Bolton's defeat to Forest Green. Now, you have high hopes for Forest Green this I season. I didn't particularly to them to do anything, but going to Bolton, who we both predicted to be up there is a very big win, yeah, and a very good stamp of their authority on this league yeah They're, you know I
1: think Forest Green are a very young side with a number of players that also still have that level of football league experience, and I think that 's why i 've kind of got them up there. Um, I remember watching them last season in the they played us in the league Cup, and they looked promising on that day and they finished season. They did well last season, didn't they? In the two, I think I can't remember exactly where they finished, but it was a positive season. If I think I remember it was even playoffs
0: or just side, yeah, I think.
1: it was a positive season, and I think they're they're going to look to build on that. And like you say, a, a good result against uh, against Bolton on the opening weekend. Um, two sides that I also anticipate being up there: Salford and Exeter. They had a good, a, it seemed like a competitive affair between the two of them. Two two. Um, yeah Salford
0: took the lead Exeter scored twice and then Salford equalised again
1: yeah I think that shows that those two uh, are going to be one or two of the competitive teams there obviously we know what Salford are all about the the, the financial backing that they have behind them Exeter have a good promising young manager in, in Matt Taylor I think he's starting to build up a good squad there mm. so yeah there's good sides in there and um, and those performances, those results certainly show that for me.
0: Yeah, and I think we give a special shout out as well to Barrow Town getting their first point in the Football League mm. as well at home to Stevenage. Yeah. Shame they couldn't hold on for three points, but you know, all credit to them. It's a great start for them. just exactly that like Harrogate.
1: Yeah, wouldn't have had Harrogate Town as being the, the team top of the top of the two on the opening weekend.
0: <laughs> Don't think I'd have had Southland at the bottom either. <laughs> no,
1: possibly not. No.
0: So, we're going to do a new feature. That I've made up. And which, which Mark doesn't know about. Uh-oh. Now we're going to call it Mystic Mark. Oh no. Okay? <laughs> so what this involves is we go over the weekend's games and Mark is our predictor. And oh. we're only going to focus on the Premier League for this. See how you get on. So Mark, give us your predictions for the weekend so our listeners, you know, can take on some board, whatever they think. Okay. Right, so we're going to start off with our Saturday games now. It's a 1230 kickoff between Everton and West Brom.
1: Okay. Uh, I mean, these are literally. I've had no time to prepare yep. for these, so That's I am why just I'll coming you on up with the spot. These. these are on the spot. This is the first thought that comes into my head when I'm predicting when I'm predicting these games. Uh, I'm going go to go two 0 Everton.
0: Okay. Any reason why?
1: Uh, I just think I, I'm wondering sort of where the goals are coming from at West Brom. Uh, they seem to be lacking, and, and I think they showed that against Leicester. You know, Leicester were, were the much better side, and, and West Brom just couldn't find any sort of opening uh, and we've all we mentioned you know ever since display i think they were very commanding in possession against tottenham i imagine them to do the exact same at home and uh, and they'll find those couple of goals maybe one of the new signings scores his first goals i'm not sure
0: absolutely right um the three o'clock kickoff at ellen row between the premier league new boys of Leeds united and fulham
1: uh already mentioned i think that that fulham are gonna struggle and based on their display against arsenal on the weekend Arsenal ran rough shot over them that's one of the best performances I've seen from Arsenal in, in some time and I think uh, you know Scott Parker is going to have his work cut out whereas Marcelo Bielsa has proven that he's got a, a strong team there so I'm going to go for a 3-1 to Leeds United I might see Fulham just getting a goal but I'm going to go
0: 3-1 OK the 5.30 kick-off between Man United and Crystal Palace now we've not really spoke about the Manchester clubs no, yet No. So, what's your feelings about both Manchester clubs this year? Obviously, United have Strenfren and so have City, but how do you think they'll fare this season going into their first games of the season?
1: Uh, because it's the first game of the season, obviously, you know, they've got to, they're going to start having to build up that fitness that other teams have had now because they've had a game already to prepare for themselves. Um, the United sides, the Manchester side, sorry, given that extra bit of time because of their European involvement. So, I think it's going to be a, a tight affair. I think Palace, I have to say, Palace were quite strong and, and resolute against Southampton and, and earned those those three points last weekend. I think United will do enough, but I can see Palace giving them a game, and I think this is only going to be a cagey, I'm going to say 2-1 Man United. I'm going to say it's going to be a close game, and I think Crystal Palace will give them a good go, so 2-1 United.
0: Who do you fancy to score for Man United, then?
1: Who do I fancy to score? Yeah. Uh I'm going to say oh I really don't know. Uh I'm gonna say Rashford will score uh, I'm gonna say Rashford will score both. Go on Rashford gets a good start to the season, he scores twice.
0: Okay, finishing off our Saturday predictions is the eight o'clock kick off. I really like these eight kickoffs. I do, yeah. Nice. And the London dial between Arsenal and West Ham United.
1: Uh, again, based off the two displays that I saw, um I think Arsenal were very, very impressive against Fulham. West Ham didn't have a lot to offer. You know, they stepped it up a little bit in midweek in the, the League Cup, but that was a much changed side against against my boys Cholton. West Ham do like playing against Arsenal, from what I remember. Decent record They if I don't remember. have a bad record, so I think they'll give it a game. Um but I'm gonna say that's gonna be another home win. I'm gonna go two I'm gonna go two one Arsenal again.
0: OK, moving on to Sunday, we have four more games. We start with Tottenham's trip, where we spoke about quite in depth. they travel travelled to the south coast to face Southampton.
1: I think it's important for Tottenham to try and actually come away with this with a result, as well as just an overall more impressive display. I think they've just got to... They have to prove that they are going to be competitive and that they're going to... Try to take it to these teams, teams like Southampton are teams that they should be beating anyway. And, and those sides that are going to be in the top six, they should be beating, um, whether they will, I'm not sure. You know, the odds are saying it's going to be a tight affair. I think it will be a tight affair. I haven't gone for a draw yet so
0: far. I'm going to say that this is going to be a one all draw. Okay. Fair enough. Right. We move on to Mark's impressive new boys of the Fraser, Wilson and Hendrick, so our Newcastle team face Brighton at home.
1: Yeah, that's again it's a close one because you know, I mentioned with Brighton, they played against Chelsea and I said that Chelsea weren't too impressive. I didn't we didn't really speak about actual the actual performance of Brighton in that game. And I thought Brighton, for the most part of that game, held their own and and had a few opportunities where they could have taken the lead early on or within that first half. They didn't play badly at all for me. Um, so I think that's going to be a close affair. I'm going to say Newcastle are going to get back-to-back wins to start the season, but I'm going to go 2-1 there to Newcastle.
0: Interesting result. Now, I thought Brighton played well. Mm-hmm. They played well. They did held their own. But the only thing that I was worried about was they keep trying to play out from the back. And there was that one time when they shot themselves in the foot when the ball went straight to Werner and he got taken out by Ryan, the mm-hmm. goalkeeper. Now they've got to be careful of that. Yeah. Because obviously we know Newcastle some very fast players in Sam Maximan, Fraser and now Wilson. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to be very careful of that now. They're going to play out from the back.
1: It's such a common thing though, isn't it, in English football now that teams like, like to play it out of the back. And, and any team can make a mistake. You see it so often across all four leagues, teams making howlers. So yeah, they do have to be careful and uh, they don't want to get caught out. But um, yeah, 2-1 is my prediction for that one.
0: I just mentioned it's a shame because I predicted Adam Lallada in my preview I know, to yeah, I be one of the that. top players of Brighton, and then he went off injured after 43 minutes as so. soon
1: as I saw it I thought oh that is heartbreaking because I, I really like him I yeah, think he's, I a he's a great guy he's proven his worth at times at different clubs um, when he's fully fit so it's a real shame for him
0: and hopefully it's not too long term or too serious ok so we've already spoke about the Chelsea game now the final game of Sunday is the 7 o'clock kickoff between Leicester City and Burnley now this is going to be quite a tight affair I think yeah I didn't really see much of uh,
1: Burnley um, over the weekend or, or kind of hear too much about how they performed no because they, they didn't play did they did what did I'm they? talking about silly me yeah, they didn't play so we, again it's a Burnley side where we don't really know what to um, anticipate but they've not done a lot of business this window and I think that's what might hinder them as the season progresses and why I've kind of got them quite low down um, Leicester, yeah, they played, they played well, did Leicester against West Brom. Again, it was two penalties on the day that, that helped them to make it maybe as a flattering scoreline in the end of 3-0. Um, but I'm going to go with a 2-0 Leicester win.
0: OK, now moving on to our Monday double. We start at Aston Villa, who faced the Team Sheffield United, who were defeated 2-0 by Wolves on Monday.
1: Yeah. yeah, Sheffield United kind of came to that two early goals again didn 't they it's the case of two goals in quick succession it It hits you right in the you know what's really and that 's what that 's what let them down um again villa we haven't we don't know what to expect, so they're going to have to get themselves up to fitness and get themselves in shape uh hopefully we won 't have the controversy that we had of Villa versus Sheffield United first game after lockdown last season <laughs> with the dubious goal let 's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I'm gonna go for a one-all draw, 1-1, one, one for the Sheffield tonight
0: Okay, now completing our Premier League roundup is the home side Wolves facing the Premier League runners-up Man City, who'll be looking to hit the ground running, to start the season.
1: Yeah, and I think from Man City's of the past, they do tend to hit the ground running and and show their worth on the opening day. I can remember multiple sort of four nils, five nils, four ones against teams on their opening days of the season over the last few years i think that this won't be any different i know wolves looked good against sheffield united and they look good for the season in my opinion they'll be feeling positive with Nuno obviously signing a new contract and staying for the future but i think this is going to be a a a 3-1 man city 3-1 away win there
0: and there you have it a 3-1 victory for man city so if anyone wants to take mystic marks predictions on board and by all means, have a look. You're a bra-
1: you're a braver person than me if you do. That's all I'm saying.
0: Okay, so let's round up this week's podcast with a bit more transfer news. Obviously, you spoke about Gareth Bale. Now, there's a couple of things that have come out in the last couple of days, but obviously come out today is Callum, Ador- Hallum- Callum hudson Sorry, has been rumoured again to be linked with Bayern Munich. Now, Bayern had many bids rejected last season for the youngster... Obviously very highly rated by the German, yeah. German champions who recently signed Leroy Sane, as we've spoken about. Now, does this come as a surprise to you or not?
1: Um, not
0: particularly that they're sort of uh, shoving their
1: interest again. That, I, I understand that. You know, we've, we've seen in the past what Callum Hudson and Drake can do and he is a very, very capable player. Um, and unfortunately, with the new signings that Chelsea have made, you just can't see where he's going to get any minutes, where he's going to get an opportunity to shine. It's not going to happen. And if Callum wants to get himself into the England squad, for me, he's going to have to move away. He's going to have to find a, a a way out of Chelsea somewhere. And to move to another big club like Bayern Munich could potentially be beneficial, depending, obviously, on the game time that he gets there. But you've seen what English players, over the last couple of years now, English players moving to Germany... Yeah, you know, the the couple of examples, the prime examples really, are, uh Jude Bellingham at the moment, obviously scored on his debut this weekend for Borussia Dortmund, and of course Jadon Sancho. You know uh, that's that's really promising. John suppose, Joe King yeah. had a loan spell, there. yeah, Shalke from yeah, Everton last season, yeah, yeah, I like him. I do think he's a good little player there. Um, so you know you've got a couple of examples there, and I think Callum could certainly fit into that mould if he gets the opportunities at Bayern Munich. I think he would be a, a good fit. For, for that side.
0: See, I sort of disagree. I think he should stay at Chelsea. I think with Frank there, he likes his young players. And I think he's going to be around the team. What? Do you see him getting ahead of those new signings, though? Mm, potentially, because I think... You look at the new players Chelsea have got. And obviously, he's a right-footed player. And they don't really have many right-footed players going forward. Obviously, he's got the Z-H hmm. Habits; so they're both left-footed. So, they're more predominantly going on, on the left-hand side. And obviously, he came on the other day... Play on the right wing. So I think there's potential there to play, but obviously, like you say, if he wants to get an England squad for the Euros next season, maybe a loan spell might be something that could potentially happen.
1: Possibly. Where would where would you, if you were his agent, or if you were Frank Lampard and you wanted to, like, you say you want to keep Callum Hudson-Odoi, but get him some minutes by going off to another club, where would you say might fit in the Premier League? What what kind of club would fit Callum Hudson-Odoi for you?
0: It's a tough one, that. But Obviously, we spoke about Bale going to Tottenham, and I think Hudson-Odoi going to Tottenham on a loan spell would be quite, you know, quite um, interesting. Obviously, mm. most people would be like, well, you're going to Chelsea to Tottenham. But I think at this day, these days, any clubs are just taking players from other clubs on loan. Mm. And I think he'd be quite good on that right-hand side, obviously, yeah. alongside, you know, Bergwijn, Mora, Ali. I think he'd be quite good there. Yeah,
1: potentially. I wonder if there's one of like one of the clubs that obviously we're saying wants to try and break into that top ten, maybe a uh, a Newcastle or or even a,
0: a Leicester. I suppose a Leicester could do with someone Leicester, like that. Leicester, yeah. yeah,
1: with the business they've got and they haven't done much going forward. They haven't really ever sort of got anyone to replace Mares, in my opinion. Anyone of that caliber? Not calendar. particularly.
0: No. So maybe, possibly. He would, he would kind of fit a Leicester mould. Maybe an Aston Villa, maybe something like Possibly. that. yeah. OK, so let's round up, Funny enough, with Aston Villa. And the reports that Jack Grealish has now signed a five-year deal, which has been confirmed. Now, Grealish is a player who's been linked with Man United and many other clubs this transfer window, obviously previous because of how good he's been. Obviously a very good young attacking player for England as well on the uprise. Now, are you surprised that he signed a new contract? Or do you think maybe it was time for him to move on and get out there and find a new club and build on, or do you think he's done the right thing to stand at Aston Villa, stand at his club that he loves? What do I you think? think
1: he's done the right he's done the right thing for obviously being guaranteed football week in, week out, because he there's no doubt obviously of that. He will be playing every single game for Aston Villa. I'm a little bit surprised at the length of the deal, that it's a five year contract. Yeah, that's
0: a long time. Yeah, that's
1: a really long time to cement you your future of that club. It does mean that Villa would obviously gain hugely financially, I would think, um, if he was to to move in a couple of years' time. But um, but I think for his future and trying to get into the England squads, yeah, I think it, it will it will benefit him um, just because Southgate has obviously proven that he's not afraid. Like we've we've said it in the past, he's not afraid of bringing players in from clubs you know that are not the big six. As long as they're performing and they're performing to a high quality for their respective team, Southgate will give them an opportunity. It's true, yeah. Um, I think maybe he hasn't given Grealish enough of an opportunity, but he will get there and I think if he continues to prove his worth at Villa, potentially be the man that keeps Villa in the Premier League or even boosts Villa further up that table, then yeah, I think it's it's a good move and possibly the best bit of business that Villa have actually done this season, you know, it's not even actually signing a player.
0: I'm quite surprised personally because you look at his age. He's currently 25. Mm. Now, let's say he didn't move after that contract, he's up to 30. Yeah. Now, surely you would have thought maybe he needs to put himself out there, but I'm I'm pretty sure there must be some sort of buyout clause in his contract or something.
1: I would think so. Yeah, I tried to think how much it would be, but yeah, you would think that there is something that would suggest that he could move for a certain fee. Um. Yeah. Like you say, if he stays until he's thirty, that's effectively he's gonna just end up becoming a one club man. And by the time he's thirty, maybe he's missed his opportunity to move to a Manchester United or a, a a Chelsea or Man City, whatever it be. So, yeah, maybe it needs it would need to happen sooner rather than later for him. And that's why I say the five years is a bit is a bit baffling to me.
0: He could become that sort of player as if if it was a a might a but what might have happened? Do you know what that sort of thing? Do you know what that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Kind of like when Matt LaTissio, what if he moved from Southampton all those years ago?
0: What if (laughs) Andrew went to Man United all those years ago? Yeah, all what ifs. Okay, so that wraps up this week's podcast. Now, we've got a few ideas that Mark's wrote down. Obviously, we're looking forward to bringing into the podcast now. If you'd like to come onto the podcast and be part of it, then by all means, just give us a message on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you like, because we'd like to have you on, Mark is that
1: true yeah of course we'd love to have anyone and everyone on to do these different things that we're looking at we're looking at ways that we can change our content increase our content really so anything uh anyone who is interested then please do can i also just give a massive shout out obviously to anyone who is and has been loyal and listening to our podcasts this is episode five like we said so if you've been listening to us since the get-go then thank you so much please do feel free to share with friends, family, whoever it be, we want to expand it as much as possible.
0: Great words, Ian Mark, great words. Now, we hope you're having a rest, good rest of the day, and we hope you can listen, and we'll speak to you soon, hopefully with the podcast coming in the next day or a couple of weeks. Thank you, bye. Take care.